welcome back to our podcast, Overcoming Barriers. My name's Lynn. I'm Olivia. So, I was listening to LBC radio station 97.3 and um, the and James O'Brien mentioned something that was really interesting. He said that the government were thinking of reviewing um, whether we should have the jury or not. And I think that's really significant because I remember shout out to my citizenship class and they were like yeah um <laughs> it was like having a jury was very significant because in some countries for example in america you're proven you're not um innocent until you're proven guilty and so in the uk where it's flipped where you're innocent until proven guilty it's kind of mad to think that without a jury so many people would be sentenced i mean what, what do you think Olivia? Um, well, I think that this is a staple of democracy, basically. Like, in a criminal justice case, how can you not have a jury of your peers? A jury, mind you, which should be well represented, because then it would kind of seem as bias. But I think it's kind of ludicrous that I think they're trying to stop having a jury. I sh- no, nah, I disagree to that. Yeah, I know, right? Because one of the human rights, guys, remember my citizenship knowledge, A star and that, um, it was like, Article 6 means you have protected rights to a fair trial. So you, you have to go to court and you have to have a public hearing and make sure it's fair and held within a responsible time. But how can that be fair if, if it's just decided upon the judges? And I remember again i'm linking so much learning into this but if you did germany and i'm pretty sure everyone must have done pretty much a little bit of germany in the history courses um you can sometimes have a really biased judiciary and in the uk we have a very 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 heavily and if not predominantly white all white um judiciary senior judiciary system and that's crazy considered how many um ethnic minorities are regularly making their way through the legal system and that could be anything from being involved with the police anything from being involved um um getting into trouble with courts um and then anything from being involved in actively serving a prison sentence in our prisons um i think it's kind of crazy how it's they're kind of speaking it in and it's crazy because this corona time by the time you're thinking of oh, the government is just going to be solely focusing on coronavirus there's not coronavirus Brexit, but the government's trying to see all these new policies and nobody can really see it coming. Mm, I definitely agree. Like, I agree with everything you said. Like, the whole coronavirus, I don't want to say they're kind of putting it as an excuse, but in the way they kind of are. And it's especially very ironic on how they're pinning this at the pinnacle of when we're, when we're talking about how ethnic minorities should you know have a voice especially at this time so it's it's very it's very interesting i'm also looking or i have been looking at um an article that you actually sent me um criminal statistics and it's very interesting because it's talking about stop and search and arrests and how in 2011 right Police were 28 more times likely to use um, Section 60, which is a random stop and search, on against black people 
over white people. And so you see this time and time again in terms of law enforcement, in terms of the criminal justice system, that we're unfairly represented, we're unfairly treated, how we are treated in jails, in custody. So by doing this, if we're not well represented, it's, it's only going to get worse. Exactly. I totally agree with you. I mean, the amount of countless documentaries, video clips on Twitter, um, story time we've heard, people that we know, I'm pretty sure both of us having left our girls' school, but I've gone, moving from the girls' school I went to and then moved to an all-boys' school with girls in the sixth form, and I've heard people saying how um, that, yeah, we've been been looked at and stopped at because we're black and been treated differently. And it's even crazy because I'm seeing another stat here, um, which will be linked in the description box. It says, in 2014, 25% of the white group convicted for indictable offences were sentenced to immediate custody custody where 30 percent of black and 32 percent of asians were sent to immediate custody so that's a big proportion so it's like you don't even get a chance they're like nope straight to custody straight mm. to the cell whereas others would be like set off of a minor offense you might get a fine you might get uh you might get a fine you might get a, a small telling off you know don't do it again but for a black kid it's like you're going just spending a night in the cell and that can be so detrimental and it's not like we're promoting or condoning um, criminal activity or anything, but we're just trying to bring awareness onto these issues because we're really heavily, heavily um, unrepresented, like Olivia said in the thing. And this brings me back to something that I did quite a while back, which was a mock trial. So I did it in um, a London magistrate. And it was kind of nice because the other students that we went to was very, very ethnically diverse. And there were so many different students and so many different backgrounds. However, all the judges that were actually... Um, judging us at the competition were white. And then it led me to another stat that I've seen, which says that 6% of senior judges are from the BAME community. Only 6%. That means 94%. 94% of senior judges are white. And so it just makes you think the, the, the more likely, the more likely in fact is the senior judges that are white in the 94%, a high percentage of them are not going to come from a similar uh, background and upbringing than we are. They're likely to be private schooled. They're likely to have had better opportunities. They're likely to have not experienced the things that black people or not black people in just in particular the different social economic groups would have experienced. And that I think is key and reason as to why we need a jury because the jury service is not like it's a bunch of one race. Jury service is ethnically diverse. It's random people. Just randomly selected, come together, and you're able to make a holistic judgment, and that can help stop prejudice. But when you've got a jury and a see he just sees the color of your skin, where is racism counted out? Because there can sometimes be, and a lot of the time will be, subtle bias, if not definite bias. Mm. If you look at like the stats you were just saying, how 94% of judges are white compared to the 6% that are black or no, B A M E, that's yeah. That's ridiculous. However, the only thing is that, like, in terms of ethnic minorities, in terms of stats and, you know, proportions, that would kind of be weighed out because there aren't actually that many ethnic people in comparison to white people in this country. However, if you look at how many people are convicted and how many people are, are um 
sentenced as criminals and how many people are racially profiled, you can clearly see that it is unfairly biased. So I'm, it's just like, what is that trying to say? I, don't, I just don't understand anymore. How, how can we call this a democracy if, like you said before, we're not being fairly convicted until proven guilty? That doesn't say a democracy to me at all. I, I agree. Like I, actually, I want to bring a new, a new perspective onto this. We're looking at it from a racism point of view, uh, getting rid of the jury. But in terms of, of, of fairness, how, how do we, how can one human being alone, despite the matter of all their previous qualification and experience in the industry, be able to come to a conclusion without consulting others? Because the jury is a consultation. See, it's a consultation. So you take out race from the legal system, but see as the jury is a consultation group. They come together, together to consult whether or not should a person be convicted or not convicted. Um, sometimes I don't know if they, they can pick how long they're sentenced for, but the key point is that, and now we're given that responsibility solely, that puts it made more pressure. And thing is, not every crime is the same. Some crimes are motivated by poverty. Some crimes are motivated by hate. Some crimes are motivated um, are motivated by race. There's so many different factors for reasons why. But how can we let an individual come to that analysis by the one? Because whilst the judge may see that as a, a sentence that deserves 12 years, in another judge's eye, who can may have different opinions and views on it, that could be a five-year sentence. And that is exactly why I think they need to, they need to review what their, their idea is and maybe really console the public because getting rid of the jury could cause serious, serious issues. Mm, exactly. I mean, that's, your, that's, your basic, that's one of your basic services as a citizen, like jury duty. And it's kind of seen as fair how it's just ra it randomly selects people so if we eliminate all that and just put a judge out there not all judges are bad obviously although their job is to be fair so if you put a judge that doesn't necessarily have they don't they don't have a, a if they have a bias against people of whatever race whatever creed whatever um religion whatever orientation whatever that is going to set a problem because then you're judging them based of more than them purely being human you're basing them off of what they are rather than what they did yeah yeah, yeah. that is that is something and it's really seen in i think it's not even just a just a just a a british a british issue but it's seen the legal system really really does spread this really links into other um topics i really want to feel like the digression is necessary in this case see with um getting rid of the jury um from the legal system but just the operation of the legal system within europe it's so easy for things things to go wrong things it's, it's, it's not as common 
but it is easy when there is corruption. And this is what happens in a lot of um, states, um, states and countries which are governed with people with malintent and with false, false, I guess false, what's the word? What's the word I'm looking for now? False narrative. False narrative, there you go, false narrative. For example, in the UK, again, the UK examples, there are going to be some more examples, guys. We do know a lot. Mm. Um, we do know quite a bit. And There's so research, many in America. In the, UK, in the UK with Windrush, for example, I mean, how can you lose? How can you lose all those people's island cards? I mean, the Home Office is one thing, but the vote of the Home Office allowed the legal system to take them out and say, you know what, you have to leave. And do you see, like, the, the systematic faults within the system, as in, wow, that's a lot of systems. <laughs> that's a lot of systems. But <laughs> as in, the Home Office lost the landing cards, and then from the Home Office losing the inf- landing cards, that information was told to the legal system, so the judges and the courts, and the courts decided that you are no longer seen as a British citizen. Because that's not, that's not just... Uh, the Home Office has got to do with legal, your legal identity, who you are, um, your right to work, your right to... There's a lot of rights that come with just being part of the legal system. The legal system includes your rights. And for them losing their, their rights to their rights to live in this country, they were negatively affected for so long. And again, underrepresentation. How many times? How many times? How many times are they going to do an inquiry? Because there's only so much inquiries to do. And when I say how many times are they going to inquiry, I'm not saying it out of... Um, I'm not saying it out of, oh, they're not doing anything. But more times than not, every big inquiry, we never got the justice. Grandful. Mm. Windrush. Mm. Inquiries into why um, black and ethnic minority women are more likely to die in hospital. But why are we still dying? The gender payback. There's inquiries. The government has now got the uh, companies with over 250 employees to release the data on how much they pay men versus how much they pay women. It's all an inquiry. They've inquired into, they found out the stats are readily available to both me and you listening to this podcast, but things are still slow to change. Mm. Still slow to change. And there's still gaps in the system which mean that women don't have to be paid as equally as men. Mm. Why is that? And it's, and it's about calling up on the legal system because there's so many loopholes and traps that the legal system has within the, 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 the place that we happen to be in, which is in the UK. I can't speak for America because I don't know the ins and outs of the system. But it's crazy to think that, wow, like, unless you really take a, you take, you take a minute and think of your day and think, wow, like, there's so much. There's so much. There's so many holes on mm. opportunities that you can fall in if it's not for the fact that, um, I'm a black citizen who happened to be from Jamaica in the appropriate time. I could be deported because of Rimbush. If it's not that I'm a woman, so I could be paid less. If it's not that I'm a black and ethnic minority woman, that means I can uh, potentially be more likely to die from childbirth. Just yeah. because I think I can handle pain more often. There's so many inquiries into it, but there's no change. And that's what we're here to talk about. Exactly. I mean, you touched on like pretty much a lot of points. So first off, let me just let me just mention the US criminal system. 
it's effed up it's messed up it's just all it's just all in there there's a bunch of documentaries on netflix which i'm pretty sure a lot of the people listening to this must have watched um also like you said lynn there's a lot of change that needs to happen but you know what's so inconvenient to this is covid covid and i know it's, it's going to be gone it's going to be gone within a matter of what a few months we're going to be getting back to daily our everyday lives which is great but at the same time our government was already in debt and now we have to hang we have to we have to start thinking about you know slowly putting out precautions for the next phase of covid for letting people um go back to their everyday lives even though sorry boris johnson but people really aren't really listening people are just doing what they want but not even just that you also have to think about brexit there's just there's just a lot of things hopefully with the death of george floyd and brianna taylor and ahmaud arbery um and a lot of other people especially a lot of youths in the uk um something will be done but i don't know i don't think it's as much as a pressing issue right now i we want it to be after after everything's handled of course but um i just don't know all i all i know is that we have to be persistent we have to be persistent about this change which is very important and one thing that annoys me is that what I've been seeing? I'm kind of going off topic now, but it's kind of on it's kind of on topic. So I'm kind of being relevant, but whatever. Is that after the Black Lives Matter and all of that, you know, has been going on for quite a few weeks, you start to see things go not necessarily trending anymore. Yeah. Which which means that of course it's still an issue. It's still an issue. But um, I guess because our attention spans are so short in this generation, in this age, people are just going to want to swoop over the wave of trend. And then once that dies down, they're just going to hush up and going to be like, okay, well, on to the next thing. And that's exactly what we don't want, which is why we've got to stay, we've got to stick with it. We've got to build our foundations Exactly. And we've we've got to we've just got to do that because we can't afford to stay silent anymore. Not to say that we were saying silent before, but it's it's not an issue for the ethnic minorities. It's an issue. It's an issue for everyone because we've got to see ourselves as we are as a, a society as a whole. We can't just pigeonhole different sets of people into different parts because that's going to come off as problematic. You're going to get uh like what we're seeing now we're gonna get riots we're gonna get to see all these things because people clearly aren't satisfied with what government what everybody is giving them but hopefully within the coming i'm not even gonna say months because that's ridiculous few years (laughs) few decades i don't know there is gonna be significant change i just pray that it is within our lifetime yeah and it's really about who motivates it for change because I feel like as a society, and this digression is actually really good, Olivia, we 
too much and heavily focus on on other people for change we too heavily focus on the government the what it's what the government outlines you see when it comes to election time the government likes to use what's trending around then what's what within the last year of the term has been key and fundamental and what people have been wanting to change and they use that in their manifesto to capture us but once they've done that captured us the next five years they can do whatever we want Mm. They've, they've caught us on the fact that, for example, in 20... When was our last election? 27... 20... Recent. 2017, I think. 2017. Yeah. So, in 2017, in 2016, the issues was Black Lives Matter. And they caught us on Black Lives Matter and they said they're going to do an inquiry. And exactly so, as soon as Theresa May came into power, she did an election. I mean, did an election, did an inquiry as instructed by David Lammy. Four years on, what's happened? Nothing. Nothing. Despite the same conservative government, nothing's happened. And that's what they like to do. They like to hook you on in a manifesto. And us as a society as well, um, we have this culture of instant gratification. Something will be trending on Twitter for 24 hours. And in Twitter, you can kind of be sometimes, especially the side of Twitter I'm on, you can be in a little bubble where you only see that side of Twitter. But once it stops trending, that's it. It's like it's gone back to normal. And we heavily rely on social media influencers, um, media, uh, the politicians, and all those people who seem to be of power, status, and class to make the changes for us. But it needs to start from the bottom, the foundation, just as you said, Olivia. It needs to start from regular people like me and you. Petitions every day, sign a new one. If it needs to be put in a donation, dip in a little donation, just give a little five pounds. If it needs to be, you need to go on a protest. Now, I don't really know how you feel about protests. I think it's something we're going to talk about, but protesting during a pandemic is actually something crazy because we're fighting for something that we shouldn't even be fighting for but because we should have had a long time ago but unfortunately we still do and the life is never going to be perfect but we will always strive to be and that's what will always allow change because if there was if it was perfect i guess people would just be like oh yeah everything's good like all the time but when there's a problem and it needs to be changed it gets something out of people and the best people always rise out of that and that's where actions of people just like me at the end of this of this microphone speaking to you guys and you guys at the listening end need to make a change where one of us two could I could speak about it, but you can make an action. You could be the one that's gonna write a letter to the MP and blow up. You could be the one that's gonna start a new petition. You could be the one that starts a charity and gets this tour. And you could be the one that tells them, goes into government one day, becomes an MP and says, I'm tired of those inquiries. I'm gonna put pen to paper and make a new law and let's get it changed. Hmm. Exactly. I mean, just what you were saying based on that, Lynn, I'm not even gonna lie. I'm proud of us because I'm the kind of person where I'm vocal within my groups, within my social groups and stuff. But when it comes to social media, I don't know. Maybe it's because that's stuff that I don't understand, but I'm just not as vocal on there. But what I've noticed is, especially with how this whole thing has going on with all the protests and the riots and it's not even it's not even been for the past few years to be honest i'm not even gonna lie it hasn't even been for the past few decades it's been from time from time from time from time and it's still happening now which is out absolutely outrageous i'm now i'm not getting at the people that aren't necessarily outwardly going out onto social media because maybe that's not for you maybe you want to start a conversation within your circles first maybe you're more of a person that 
is more into doing interpersonal relationships and establishing that and not necessarily with social media hey do do what's for you but i've just noticed that in some kind of way silence silence is compliance just like we were saying with after a few days after or in this case a few weeks the trending started to go off trending and then it's not as poignant it's not you can't hear it as much the people that stay silent in that it's not necessarily that they're disagreeing with the whole thing but they're not really objecting to the injustice and if you guys haven't heard this before if you're not if you're not for the change then you're part of the problem that's point blank period if you're not going to if you're not going to stand up in some kind of way in some kind of issue and that can be in whatever media you want then you're a part of the issue you're kind of kind of you know um nursing that and it's it's just it like lynn said it can just be any kind of different kind of way that can be like you know like you know you know those aunties those those aunties that just once in every while they'll just share with you a, a video of um i don't know black is beautiful da, 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 or sign this protest or stuff like that if you can just share the content keep it going just keep it going until we get to a point where we don't have to talk about this no more unless it's like in a history book you know what i mean we're writing today's history we're today's history makers and it's for us to take the chance and make the change and silence is violence literally silence is violence you being quiet about something that you know is wrong that you've been through that you've dealt is most likely and it's always in most situations is wrong and it's good to share what you know and we're not asking for you all to make a social media platform and scream and shout but even a conversation to acknowledge that there is injustices in society it's good one conversation can go a long way mm. and you find it changes really your perspective and i feel like we've gone really off off topic but i feel like it's something great that we need to discuss on this platform because it's like we can't drill it into enough the reasons as to why we started this we just started because we realized that there's so many things me and olivia, me and olivia are chat boxes by the way you're gonna know that but me and Olivia love to talk, but we also find there's so much to talk about because there's so many things in society that are just wrong. Like society, life will be great, but life will be great to an extent where you realise that life will be great, but there's always something wrong. And if there's something wrong, then there's something that can be made right. And that's where we come in and that's where we want to talk about it because it's just like, there's only so much you can do alone, but there's so much you can do when you're together. And mm. that's what we're getting, that's what we're kind of getting at here. It's like, it's time to come together and we all sign a petition, we all make a change, we all, we all, we all engage with, with the content that's being put out there um, by the people. And I think it's just great. Um, and, and interesting, actually, to be fair enough. And yeah. Mm. Okay. So i agree with you with that now getting back onto the topic because like you said we kind of swerved away criminal mm -hmm. justice system <laughs> um 
criminal justice <laughs> criminal justice system right criminal. so yeah. what have just just based on our experiences as a person of color i don't know about you i feel like majority of us have unless you're colorblind i've had some kind of conversation with my parents about if there's a police officer or if you see something wrong do not resist be very polite and da 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 you know what i mean because it's not as it's not as serious as america but there's just things that even happen in this country that there are just microaggressions you know what i mean that's what it is why are you being hmm. Bruh. triggered <laughs> triggered microaggressions are such a real thing and let me even tell you let's find the definition because unless you know what microaggressions is i cannot lie as not educated but as well known and um and as as i'd like to say knowledgeable as i am um i don't know everything but i know a little bit i didn't even know what microaggressions were and then and so i feel like for those that don't know let's explain what microaggression is let, let me let me get you the, the google definition the micro- wait, can i read it can i read it no. Okay. Um, microaggression is a statement, action, or incident regarded as an instance of indirect, subtle, or unintentional discrimination against members of a marginalized group, such as a racial or ethnic minority. Now, I, I, I hate to agree to disagree, but I don't agree that microaggression is unintentional because you know what you're doing, but you're just doing it on a way that's sly. Because... The my, I, have ne- I would never say I've experienced blatant racism, but I've definitely experienced a lot of microaggression. And before I knew that, I probably would never have seen this experience, but I've definitely experienced microaggressions. And that can be anything from when people see me on the street and I'm black. And I'm a very, um, if you've ever met me in person, I'm a very smiley person. So if you look at me she for too long, I will. She all the time. I really, if you look at me for a very long time and make that eye contact, I will just start to smile at you. And then people just frown at me. People 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 when um when you're black will sometimes give you that little face or just speak to you in a different tone i remember um my creations from my from some of my teachers that i've had in the past um is that they would never no matter how hard i worked they would never really give me the opportunity to be like they would never believe in me as much and that really had a knock on my self-confidence because it was like you're not outwardly saying I'm bad or you're not outwardly saying that I can't do it or I'm terrible but what you're doing is making me believe that I can't do it because you would never you would always just under predicting undervaluing me and this is the thing we're gonna conversation that we're about to we're due to have Mm. I mean I think we all get that we all get that and especially like what you were saying before like it takes it takes for you to fully digest it for you to realize that that was a microaggression secondary school I wanted to do music I wanted to do music I did music I don't know why because it was eh, it was okay but um the amount of people that would just come to me they would just they would just be like okay sing you know what I mean? Because black people can sing, black people can dance, black people can entertain people. So they just wanted me to sing on the spot. They just wanted me to do that. But also just things that would just anger me. Like there was this girl, right, who was in my class and 
she obviously she she smoked a bit of weed and stuff whenever she would talk about bob marley don't even get me started right she'd be like oh yeah bob marley's my dad you know like i love bob marley in it olivia i'm like girl really really right now okay so i love bob marley because i'm black and i'm jamaican i mean i do love bob marley but you don't have to you don't have to predetermine them that you don't have to assume that because there's just ridiculous things like that but one thing that just gets me mad is it's not even like white people or people of other races we do this to ourselves we do this to ourselves it's because of how society is it's how we grow up to be and stuff like the amount of flipping times when like someone would probably ask me like you're an oreo you know and i'm like the flip why am i an oreo because you talk white i don't like that term i really don't like that term why are you calling people oreos or um what was the other term it was more than just oreo but you're calling people names just because they don't, they sound, you sound more, um, you're well, more well-spoken by that. Being well-spoken doesn't mean you don't fit within your own race. It's just mm. being well-spoken. That's actually very good. Mm. I, I just don't understand why we do this to ourselves. There's already, there's already enough that's going on within our community. It's good that we're having a conversation about this. We've been having a conversation about this. So I think that, you know, it's likely to stop but it's definitely something that is a reality and it's just sad it's just sad like once again we need to stick together we need to we need to set stick together we need to check ourselves we need to check other people and it's just not good at all i mean i'm just thinking i'm thinking about those microaggressions but think about it lynn like we are two young black women which is a minority within a minority. But I'm also thinking about black men in the fact that in terms of police brutality, stop and search, I'm not going to lie, they have it worse. In quite a few instances, they do have it worse where my guy could just be wearing a tracksuit and then the police would be like, oh, so you, you know, like, are you trying to start something with me? Are you wearing drugs? Are you carrying drugs? Exactly. Or like, do we do we have a problem? Whispering into his radio. I think I'm gonna need backup, Lou. No. Yeah. <laughs> when the radio, I'm gonna need backup. Oh, I I really think it's um, it's it's something. It is really something. Our society is is beyond. It's beyond unbelievable how astray we've been we've been led. And it's, and it's time we go back. And one time says, you never really realize how bad you have it until someone brings it to light. Because you always think, or you always are privileged to know that there's always someone else who's worse than you. So when you know, oh, there's another kid out there who's living it 10 times worse than you, you just think you're okay. But until you realize that, okay, maybe you can't see that someone has it, you know that someone has it worse than you, but you know there's people up there who have it better than you, when we should all be at, in a society where an equal and they love this word level playing field it's not level it's never mm. been level they keep throwing this level playing field it's never been level it was never level from the day i was born they, i was always underneath 
the black race, unfortunately, is just always been. And they love to throw around this this term level playing fields, but it was never mm. level. Because if it was all level, we wouldn't be here today complaining about what we're complaining about. That's what we want. We're still striving towards that. And it's and it's not about saying level playing field, but we shouldn't be throwing it around as if we're already there because unfortunately we're just not. And we're still en route. And we're still on route and we're still on and we've been diverted for so many a countless amount of reasons but it's time to to level up and to really identify now where um where we've made mistakes where the politicians have made mistakes and it's until we have people representing us and that's i think another point that we need to discuss about representation it, again this links back to the legal system that ever until you have someone who has been in a similar like shoes, you they will you never be able to change it to be like them because the policy makers aren't the ones who are going to be living the policies they make because they policy makers tend to live in a completely different society than the ones who are living under the policy they've made for hundreds and hundreds of years until the since this 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 parliamentary business has been existing in the UK it's always been white upper class male and it will continue to be white upper class male until they've broken down the barriers which mean it doesn't mean it which mean that a black kid and a white male there's not a 17 million difference between for a black man to be prime minister 17 million difference mm. so when I say 17 million difference for those that don't understand what I'm referring to um that's basically where um, if you're from an upper class white, upper class white male, privately school educated with three A grades at A level, you're likely two hundred. You're likely it's a one in two hundred thousand chance that you're going to be prime minister. If you are a black male from a lower income background with three A level grades and went to a good university, you're one in seventeen million times likely. Mm. Prime Minister, and that research was, I think, from 2016. That was the last massive Black um, Lives Matter movement after the death um, of, I think his name was Rashan. He was he was mm. unfortunately strangled to death. He was supposedly um, swallowing drugs, and there was no drugs found. Yet alone, the police were never appropriately appropriately sanctioned. And it's just crazy. It's it's just crazy. <sighs> it is crazy it is crazy how we're still talking about this but we still do need to talk about this because it's still relevant so on that note thank you for listening to this week's podcast bye when you look at this mistrust of systems that you've reported on do you share some of those suspicions. I was surprised at how indifferent the system is to race. I couldn't believe how complacent the criminal justice um, sector was about what is obvious. David Lamy, thank you. Thank you.